0: With millions of Americans impacted, the United States has had more known cases of the coronavirus than any other country. We are in the fight of our lives. This is a pandemic. So many are devastated. Those with pre-existing conditions such as heart disease and stroke are particularly worried. I'm Carrie Pena, and the American Heart Association and American Stroke Association is deeply concerned about the public health crisis facing our country. Our top priority regarding coronavirus is the health and well-being of individuals and their families today and in the future, in every community, everywhere. The purpose of this show is to provide insight and evidence-based answers for stroke survivors and their families. I want you to meet stroke survivor Christopher Ewing, hear how he and others are coping, I'll also be talking to Dr. Mitchell Elkind, who will provide critical information for stroke patients during this pandemic. Let me turn now though to Christopher and tell you more about him. Christopher Ewing is a fairly young stroke survivor who lives in Southern California, one of the epicenters of the COVID epidemic in the United States. Since his stroke over a year ago, he has worked passionately to support other stroke survivors by starting his own stroke support group and a number of platforms and channels for educating stroke survivors. Right now, he and his fellow stroke survivors are understandably concerned about what getting the virus would mean for them, given their underlying health condition. Christopher, thank you so very much for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And just to let all of our listeners know, of course, we are practicing the social distancing right now. So all of our guests are in their respective communities. Christopher, I understand right now you're in your studio in Hollywood, California. Tell us first, how are you doing in the midst of this epidemic?
1: Um, You know, we're, we are being very cautious. I mean, we're very concerned. Um, You know, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I'd never thought that I would go to my local grocery store that I've gone to countless times and have to stand outside and wait in line because they're only letting 10 people in at a time. Um, You know, if you go to a carryout place, like I went to a a carryout place the other day and, um, you know, to grab my mom some food who comes and stays with me in the wintertime uh, because she's uh, from back in Detroit where it's usually cold in the wintertime, although I guess it's had a pretty good winter this year, but um, she's out here, she's almost 87. And so, you know, there's a big concern, you know, within terms of me staying away from other people so as to not bring anything home that she may catch because she's, you know, certainly uh, in that age range of people that uh, are are most uh, susceptible. Um, But, you know, going to a fast food restaurant, we had to stand outside, I had to stand outside, and they're only letting two people in at a time. And when you go in, you have to stand on an X, taped X that they have on the floors now where they take duct tape and put an X six feet apart and when you make your order, you have to stand back from the counter to make your order and then only approach the counter with your credit card to pay and then get back on your X again. Um, so it's a whole new world out here, a whole new way of, of uh, living, to say the least.
0: Can you tell us about the day that you had a stroke? What happened?
1: Mm, um, yeah, I mean, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, I was here at my studio uh, here in Hollywood, um, Sunset Gower Studios. Uh, Many TV shows you guys have seen, uh, I Dream a Genie and Three Stooges and all that was done literally like 30 feet from my door right here. And uh, I was in my studio and I was speaking to a group of people and um, some of whom were from out of the country because we were having a big event that weekend. And I had gotten Krispy Kreme donuts for everybody because I knew some of them had never had Krispy Kreme donuts. And uh, so it some people were talking and so during their conversation, I just went and grabbed a donut real quick and I bit into it. And I'm highly allergic to nuts and I felt my lips start to tingle and I thought, oh man, there must have been a nut in that glazed donut. Doggone it. So um, it was my turn to talk again. And I said, hey, you know what everybody, I said, I know it's my turn to talk, but you know, I feel my lip tingling uh, because I think I'm having an allergic reaction to a nut that may have been in there. So just, you know, uh, know, bear with me. And they're like, okay, no problem. And so as I started to keep talking, um, I could hear. No, well, I knew I was saying something, but I wasn't quite sure if what I was saying was making sense. It, it, it was just real foggy. I, it's hard to explain because I never felt a feeling like that before, because I never had a stroke before. Um, but as I was talking, I was like, "Am I making any sense right now?" I said, "Well, just keep talking. Nobody's looking at you like you're crazy, so just keep talking." Well, literally, like three seconds later, the lady next to me looked at me like I was crazy and said, are you feeling okay? And I looked at her real quick and I said, um, I think so. I said, but I don't know, I, I don't know. And she goes, oh, okay, because your lip is drooping and your speech is slurring, I think you're having a stroke. And I was like, no, I mean, I'm like, there's no way I'm having a stroke. And sure enough, I was having a stroke. Um, fortunately, again, because there was people there, you know, I got help very quickly. Um, the, uh, the ambulance came, you know, dear, to the studio. Uh, I was sent to uh, Cedars-Sinai Hospital where I was in intensive care for five days and then shipped to a rehab hospital uh, California Rehab Institute and um, immediately after getting out of intensive care they stuck me in the and sent me there and I was there for about a month and a half. Uh, I had a right brain stroke in my basal ganglia which is kind of in the center of your brain and towards the back um, And uh, yeah, I mean, instantly paralyzed on the left side, uh, couldn't walk, my speech was affected. Um, It was a mess, it was really, really a mess.
0: Obviously, for for everyone who has had to walk in those shoes, experiencing a stroke is terrifying. And now you have to face this pandemic. So can you talk to us about, I mean, you've done so much work educating and encouraging stroke survivors since you went through that yourself. What specific issues are you and fellow survivors personally concerned about right now when it comes to the coronavirus?
1: Well, you know, I first have to give a big shout out to the American Stroke Association because you know, when I was in rehab, I mean, I was, you know, going to Dr. Google and Dr. YouTube trying to figure out anything about stroke. I mean, I'm like, mom, what did they call it? A A hemorrhagic? How do you spell that? You know, everything was, it was just all so crazy. And so um, fortunately, you know, here's the American Stroke Association's website, which I mean, I literally slept so much better in the hospital after like being able to find the website. I don't say because you guys are on the air. I'm just saying that you know, you guys were there and supplied me with so much information, My gave my mom so much information, as I'm sure everybody who's listening is familiar with, you know, the American Stroke Association, that you guys just put out so much great information. So much like with this podcast, um, I really, really, first of all, I have to say, I thank you guys for doing something like this, because this is obviously at the tip of everybody's tongue and at the forethought of everybody's brain, in terms of where do we fit into this pandemic when it comes to stroke and this coronavirus thing, Um, I think the thing that concerns me the most is, you know, we as stroke survivors already are not getting enough exercise sometimes because there's a lot of stroke survivors that find themselves, you know, just kind of not wanting to get out of the house because they've had a stroke now or not able to get out because they don't have someone that can help them because some stroke survivors obviously require assistance. So their caregivers are not able to have the kind of accessibility uh, with them as they uh, did prior to all of this. And so, you know, I guess number one um, is the stroke survivors that, especially the new stroke survivors that really require a lot of um, uh, rehab right now in terms of, you know, keeping range of motion and getting enough exercise and movement. In their affected limbs, um, what happens during this lockdown when we're just not able to get to, you know, to physical therapy and, and speech therapy and, and occupational therapy like we could a few weeks ago um, And then also those of us who have had a stroke that do have some other underlying conditions uh, on top of the stroke, um, what does catching this virus mean for us? Um, you know we're, our bodies are already a little you know, beaten up from the stroke itself.
0: Christopher, I want to put you on pause right there. Thank you so much for all of those great questions and important questions. And this is a good time for us to bring in our next guest and hopefully be able to get some more uh, answers and provide more information for you and all of the listeners. Dr. Elkin, we're going to turn to you now. Dr. Mitchell Elkin is a professor of neurology and epidemiology at Columbia University in New York City, the current epicenter for the COVID-19 pandemic in the United States. He served as the chairman of the National American Stroke Association Advisory Committee from 2016 to 2019, and is currently president-elect of the American Heart Association. Dr. Elkin, thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you, Carrie, and thanks, Christopher, for sharing your story.
0: Dr. Elkin, are stroke survivors like Christopher at increased risk of getting the COVID-19 virus?
2: Yes, it seems like that's the case. So reports from China indicate that patients with heart disease and high blood pressure, as well as the elderly are at higher risk of this virus of COVID-19. And we think the same is likely to be true for patients with stroke, probably because there's a lot of overlap between heart disease, high blood pressure and stroke. And so that's why it's especially important for people who are more vulnerable like older patients or uh, people with heart disease and stroke, to practice physical distancing and hand washing and uh, the uh, avoidance of unnecessary interaction with other people who may be exposed, which is, I think, the, the kinds of experiences that uh, Chris was just telling us about, you know, when he went shopping and, and things like that. So, uh, unfortunately, it does look like there is some increased risk. But we don't know exactly how much yet. We need to do more research, particularly here in the United States.
0: If stroke patients do get infected, are they at a greater risk of experiencing more complications?
2: That also does seem to be the case. So people who have underlying heart disease and stroke do seem to have a higher risk of complications. Now, this may be because of an increased susceptibility to the virus. It could also be that the body in somebody who has had heart disease or stroke has less what we would call physiological reserve or the ability to handle any kind of illness. And so a severe illness can make things worse. It's the same kind of thing that we've seen for many years with diseases like the flu. Um, And so that's why, for example, the American Heart Association and American Stroke Association have been recommending for many years that people who have heart disease and stroke get vaccinated against the flu. Unfortunately, of course, we don't have a vaccine for COVID yet, but the same kind of issue would uh, would likely apply. It's also probably because people who have had stroke are likely to have other risk factors for stroke like diabetes and high blood pressure, which themselves may make things worse. So it's really a combination of different factors that contribute to that increased risk of problems with COVID.
0: Dr. Elkin, do you think uh, if, if someone were to get COVID, does that put you at higher risk of having a stroke?
2: Well, that's a really good question. And I don't think we have any definite answers yet, but the preliminary evidence does suggest that uh, that could be the case, that people who've had uh, COVID may be at higher risk of stroke, although it's probably limited to people who have more severe uh, infection with the virus. So in China, for example, 6%, about 6% of people who are hospitalized for COVID go on to have a stroke. Interestingly, about 15% of people have other kinds of severe neurological symptoms like confusion or delirium or potentially even coma. And again, this could be a non-specific effect of being sick with a bad pneumonia. Uh, Again, we've seen similar kinds of increase in risk of stroke and so forth with the flu and with other severe infections. Um, But it seems like the rate may in fact be higher with COVID, But again, this is kind of preliminary, and I think we um, need more evidence about that. Interestingly, there is some evidence that um, some of the other coronaviruses that we've seen in the past can cause uh, infection of brain tissue as well. So we don't know that for certain with this one. We'll have to wait and see, but that is a concern that people are, are worried about.
0: And I see you up on my screen in my studio right now on zoom, you are sheltering in place at your home in New York City. The tough thing is for a lot of folks, especially stroke survivors life has to go on and a lot of people have routine doctors appointments or medical procedures that they need to have should people be postponing those procedures and appointments at this point.
2: I think it's really important to realize that this pandemic is progressing at different rates in different parts of the country. So it's always gonna be best, of course, to check with your doctor or your local hospital or health authorities to see what the practice is in your community or or health center. Um, You know, One big advantage that we have now uh, is that we have access to telehealth. So people can do virtual visits from home. We're doing a lot of that now because we don't want to go into the hospital or into our offices even and bring patients there. And so less urgent things can be taken care of that way uh, using using telehealth. In New York City right now, you know, where I'm located and where currently the epicenter of the outbreak is in the United States, we're not doing any routine procedures. Part of the reason for that is to avoid um, transmission among people. But the other big reason for it, frankly, is to conserve the personal protective equipment that you've heard so much about. There have been shortages of this, and that's really been a problem for taking care of patients in the hospital. So by cutting out all unnecessary or or, um, elective types of procedures, we can conserve masks and gowns and, and things like that. So that's a really important reason for doing that.
0: Doctor, if we could for a moment talk about why it is particularly important for stroke survivors to take steps to prevent another event during this unique and stressful time.
2: Sure. Well, for all the reasons we just talked about, it's important to try to avoid getting sick right now. Now, just remember that most people, 80% or so, even those with a history of stroke, are going to recover and don't need to be hospitalized. But as we've been discussing, people who've had a stroke have an increased risk of infection and an increased risk of complications if they do get infected. Um, And so, you know, it's really important to try to avoid that as much as possible, prevention of, the virus preventing getting infected is really key. So that, that's really what I would advise people to do. Wash their hands often with soap and water. Uh, cover your, your mouth if you're coughing. Uh, sneezing to the elbow. Um, you know, Stay away from, from others as much as possible. Only go out for essentials right now, that, that kind of thing. And um, if people are looking for more information, we do have more information available at the um, American Heart Association website, which is www.heart.org, or people can call uh, 1-888-4-STROKES and get more information there as well.
0: I just want to ask one follow-up question there. Uh, If a stroke survivor or a loved one does experience symptoms, what should they do? Call 911 even though you know, a lot of folks have been warned to stay away from local hospitals as you touched on. What is your advice?
2: Another really great and important question and I'm glad you asked that. So um, what I was just talking about had mostly to do with trying to stay away from the doctor's office for kind of routine follow-up visits. Absolutely, if somebody thinks that they might be having um, what we would call an acute stroke or a sudden event, a new stroke, then absolutely you wanna go to the hospital and get treated for it. Um, Stroke is a medical emergency. And so uh, in that kind of an emergency, it's important for people to feel that they can still access um, the emergency room and get treated for stroke. Hospitals around the country are certainly open Uh, for stroke patients and taking care of them the way we always did. So if somebody thinks they might be having uh, symptoms, we like to use the acronym FAST, uh, F-A-S-T. So F is for face, if they think that there might be facial weakness in themselves or loved one, A is for arm weakness, S is for speech difficulty, Uh, then it's T, time to call 911. So absolutely that uh, that should continue just as it did before the pandemic, and um, we, we hope people will get that message.
0: and we want to bring Christopher back in here now and and Christopher, if you can still uh, hear us, hopefully mm-hmm. you'll be able to let us know if that answered all of your questions or if you have any additional questions now for Dr. Elkin.
1: Yeah, no, I think that that is just really great information. You know, following my stroke, I created the Stroke Channel, uh, which uh, is on Roku and all kinds of other TV platforms and the Stroke Channel app. Um, You know, and so we have a lot of listeners and viewers that have had these questions for the past several weeks now. And so uh, this is really great information that uh, you've been able to share here that I will also be able to share um, to all of our viewers and listeners with the Stroke Channel. Um, I guess I would say, Doc, is there any additional thing that us stroke survivors, you know, other than the usual, you know, social distancing and washing our hands, is there anything that us as stroke survivors should do as just kind of like a, like a super duper extra precaution, you know, given the fact that we're kind of in the bullseye, you know, target range there?
2: Yeah. So, so, Christopher, what I've been telling my patients, uh, one one additional thing to bear in mind, is that it's not a bad idea right now to have additional medication on hand. So usually people get a one-month supply or maybe a two-month supply of their medicines, but this would be a good time to get an extra refill of medications because as things um, get increasingly difficult and, and chaotic, although we don't, certainly hope it won't get to this point and, and it hasn't at this time, it may get harder to get to the pharmacy to get meds there could be issues with the supply chain, providing medications and so forth. So I think it's a good idea to have backup medications uh, on hand in case, in case things do get worse. So that would be an extra little piece of advice.
0: Great, That's
2: excellent, thanks.
0: Dr. Elkin and Christopher Ewing, thank you both so much. Doctor, I just want to close out our show with some final words from you for the audience. Hmm.
2: Well, certainly I hope that our audience, uh, if they've experienced a stroke or have loved ones who've had a stroke, uh, have have heard some useful information today. Uh, We want people to know that although there is um, some increased risk as we've been talking about for stroke survivors, most people will uh, do well if they do become infected. And um, certainly it's the time to stay informed watch the news, Um, go to websites from the government like the CDC or even international websites like the World Health Organization and stay informed at a time like this. And um, we hope that if you do have further questions, you can also look to the American Heart Association and the American Stroke Association for answers.
0: Dr. Elkin, thank you so very much for your time today. And thanks to all of you for joining us and remember, Share this show with someone who needs it. Wash your hands often. Stay home as much as possible. And learn more at stroke.org or call our Stroke Warm Line at 1-888-4-STROKES. That's 888-478-7653. I'm Carrie Pena. Take care, everyone.